The z Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Zval podcast on a Thursday night and week 10 of the Scorching Six Picks. Uh, what looked like to be a good NFL Thursday night matchup ended up in a Steelers blowout, 52-21, to 21, uh, about four minutes left in the game. I mean, the Steelers offense looks like they're humming on all, all cylinders. But nonetheless, we got week 10 Scorching Six, six uh, good matchups on the week 10 slate. Uh, joining me this week to go over all these games from Pasadena, California, Akshay. What up, Akshay? How's it going? Yo, Zishan, what's going on, bro? Uh, it's good to be back. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful Thursday night in Pasadena, California. Tomorrow's Friday. After Friday is the weekend, dude. It's a good time. Yeah, and uh, a long weekend this weekend due to Veterans Day. Salute to all the veterans. And Oh, yeah, that is true. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not a long weekend for me, but I still have to work Monday. Oh, okay. That's very unfortunate for you. <laughs> That's all good. All so we'll get into the Week 10 slate. Uh, game number one, we got the New Orleans Saints, probably the hottest team in the NFL, just uh, coming off a win against at home against the Rams, giving them their first loss, traveling to Cincinnati, take on the Bengals, and laying five and a half on the road. What do you think about this game? Oh, I think they're going to... Uh, I'm going with New Orleans. I think they can easily get five and a half. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think New Orleans is just playing really well now, dude. I mean, you have... Breeze is just on fire. I mean, he has so many good receivers. I mean, uh, Michael Thomas. Um, I do is um, there. You know, now... I heard about uh, the signing of the Des Bryant of the Cowboys, so I really don't know how well that's going to do if he's going to play on Sunday. But I, I think they're just on a roll. You know, I mean, you have a, a Jimmy Graham as well on that team. A lot of offensive playmakers, you know. I mean, uh, Cincinnati, they're sort of up and down right now. I think they're sort of on uh, a losing streak. I, I don't recall, but I think it's going to, I think their defense is not as good as it, is, uh, as it was early in the year. So I think the Saints can definitely put some points up in this game. But I think it's going to be high scoring. And I, I'm, it's going to be high scoring, but I can definitely see the Saints pulling away, dude. And I think they win by more than a touchdown. Okay. I mean, Saints, I mean, clicking on all cylinders offensively, like you said. I mean, Drew Brees is definitely an MVP candidate. Kamara is has been just as good in the second season as as he was as a rookie. Uh, Mark Ingram is back in in the mix. Uh, Michael Thomas is probably one of the top ten receivers in the league. And then defensively, they kind of settled in after a slow start. Uh, Marcus Williams, Marshawn Lattimore have led a good secondary and kind of just become more consistent defensively and help them out to win games. Obviously, this is on the road. Uh, 
outdoors. I mean, Saints historically aren't very good outdoors, but the Bengals, uh, I don't think, are a elite team. They they could be a good team, but they're I don't consider them an elite team. And I think after starting a, a four and one, I think they've lost two of their last three, and their schedule is getting a little more tougher now. They still have to face. Pittsburgh again, and then some other divisional matchups. So they'll be in the wild card hunt, but it's going to be tough for them uh, to make any serious type noise in the playoffs, even if they do get there. But as far in regards to the pick, even though the Saints are on the road, they historically struggle outdoors. I'm going to agree with you on this one, Akshay. I'm going to swallow the five and a half, and I think the Saints are going to put up a lot of points again, and I'm going to take them and win this game 38 to 30. So we'll move on to game number two, which is also going to be in Ohio, north of Cincinnati. we got the Cleveland Browns at home, who just fired their head coach, uh, Hugh Jackson, a few last week or a few weeks ago, hosting the Atlanta Falcons and laying, uh, Atlanta Falcons, excuse me, laying six points on the road in this one. What do you think? Again? Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, sorry. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta on the road versus Cleveland, and Atlanta is minus six in this one. Oh, I, I, um, I definitely go with Atlanta here, dude. Uh, I think they they win by a touchdown. You know, I, I, I know Cleveland is Cleveland. I mean, they, they have a coaching change. They fire their head coach. Um, the coaching change, it's, uh, it, it's a new thing now for them. Uh, I do see them being a lot better than they were before, but uh, this Atlanta team, I mean, I think they play well as well. I mean, they're playing good now as well. I mean, their defense is always suspect, but, but their offense can be uh, can, can put up points in a hurry. So I'm going with Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, we got another kind of a... Big big spread here, but I mean Cleveland is just an absolute mess. I mean, <laughs> like like always. I mean, what a surprise. I mean, and then Hugh Jackson, I think, uh, won a combined uh, three games in three seasons, I believe, or two and a half seasons as a head coach, and he's out the door. And now Atlanta, I mean, they might be what four and four, but they could easily be like six and two, seven one. They've had a lot of close games. I mean. I think they lost the last second game to Cincinnati, a lo- overtime loss to New Orleans. So they they're kind of tricky, but I'm gonna agree with you on this one, actually, as well. So, I mean, even though they are are on the road in a cold environment in Cleveland, I still think they'll be able to put up points and run all over that uh, Cleveland defense. I think Julio and Calvin Ridley gonna have big games. Freeman and Coleman from in the backfield, are going to have big games. Matt Ryan will have another big game. And I'm going to take uh, Atlanta to win this one. I'm going to go 35-24 in this one. 24 in this one, Atlanta. And I agree with you again. So game number three, we have uh, AFC South divisional matchup. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. And with the whole the home team Colts giving three points in this one, Akshay, what do you think about this game? This game, bro, uh, this is sort of a tough call for me. You know, I I know the Colts are, are playing well now. Andrew Luck, uh, Marlon Mack, 
you know, uh, 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 does a good tandem there. But then uh, the Jaguars do it. I think they they get back a full net this week. So that's uh, definitely an advantage for them. Now, I know um, uh, the Colts are favored by three, but I'm going with Jacksonville. I think their defense steps up this week. And uh, I can see the, um, the Colts, uh, I can see Jacksonville taking this game. I think they win by a field goal. Okay, you're taking Jacksonville plus three and to win outright. Yeah, I mean, this one is kind of a 50-50 toss-up game here, but I'm going to go with the home field advantage team. I'm going to go with the Colts uh, off a of bye, I believe. And Andrew Luck has definitely got to be in uh, serious contention for comeback player of the year, the way he's been playing. And then Andrew Luck, I mean, now has a pretty decent running game as well with Marlon Mack in the backfield. And then... You add uh, other guys like Naeem Hines and uh, I think Wilkins, I believe is his name. Uh, so he has a pretty decent uh, running game. And d- they're defensively, their front four is a lot better. So I think they'll do a good job this week against going up against the Jaguars' offensive line and kind of control that line of scrimmage. And I think Andrew Luck is going to have another big game. I mean, it doesn't matter how many interceptions he throws or whatever. He's just a gunslinger. He keeps coming back and keeps slinging away to his receivers and running backs and keeps the Colts in, in most games for the most part. So I think he's going to have a big game, and I'm going to swallow the three points with Indianapolis and disagree with you on this one, Akshay. I'm going to go Colts. Uh, I think they're going to win this one 30-24. All right. Sounds good, dude. All right, we're going to go to game number four, another early afternoon game. Got the Washington Redskins on the road versus the Buccaneers. And we have the home team Buccaneers giving three points in this one. What do you think? I have to go with the Buccaneers, bro. I think uh, ever since they made that change, you know, the quarterback change, if Fitzpatrick is back, or, or should I say uh, Connor McGregor, <laughs> the way he dresses. Um, yeah, you. Have you seen him dress last time? You know, he put his beard and all that. Looks like Conor McGregor, you know? I have not, but I can't really picture him being like a McGregor type. I think... I can't really... I I really don't want to compare someone who went to Harvard to uh, a schmuck like Conor McGregor. I think that's very disrespectful disrespectful to him. (laughs) But I haven't really seen him dressed here, going to your point. You gotta see that, dude. You gotta see what I'm talking about, but... In this game, if you go back to the game, I definitely have to go with the Buccaneers. I, I think the Redskins are, I don't think they're playing too well right now. You know, I mean, they have injuries and they have other things going on. But I think the Buccaneers, under Fitzpatrick, they're a much better team. I mean, uh, he distributes the ball much much quicker than, uh, than the other quarterback, uh, than Winston did. And he hits multiple players. He gets more players involved. In this game, I'm definitely going with the Buccaneers. I think they take this game. I think they win by at least uh, a touchdown. Okay. All right, yeah. I mean, we got Washington uh, coming off a really bad loss at home versus Atlanta. They got completely blown out, 38-14. to uh, They're 5-3 and three coming into this game, still leading the NFC East by a game over Philadelphia. And they've kind of had an easy schedule to start. Uh this is pretty. This is another really winnable game for them. So, 
I mean, I, I think I like Washington Hare to bounce back, so I'm going to disagree with you again for the second game in a row, Akshay. I like Washington on the road, plus three, in a warm environment. Uh, temper- game time temperatures call for 80, low 80s, and I think Alex Smith will have a, a good matchup here. I think he'll control the game. And I, I think Adrian Peterson is going to have a big game in this one, in my opinion, and... I think the Redskins are going to do enough to win outright, in my opinion. I'm going to go 27-24 Redskins in this one, and I All think right. they move, okay. go on to go to six and three. So we got game number five. We'll move into the late afternoon window, and in this one we have the Los Angeles Rams at home, coming off their first loss versus New Orleans, hosting their divisional opponent, the Seattle Seahawks. And giving nine and a half at home. What do you think? All right. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Before I begin, uh, I'd like to take a little side note here and thank you and send a thank you to Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints for defeating the Rams. Uh, so now that preserves the 1972 Dolphins perfect season. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm not much of a Dolphins fan, but... Hey, come on, dude. I, I, I thought Mercury Mercury Morris would, probably would have beat you to that announcement. He's usually very prideful about their 14 and 0 season oh, yeah. in in 1972. <laughs> so, the, so that's what I on a side note, I just wanted to say that, but uh but going back to the game, I think the um, the Rams will look to have a comeback game. I think they uh they're going to light it up because they're playing at home. Uh I'm going with the Rams, bro. Yeah, okay. I mean, this uh, yeah. This is a, a, the biggest uh, line of the week, nine and a half, with the Rams at home. I mean, last time they played the Seahawks in Seattle, they pulled out uh, a close win, 33-31. to 31. I mean, Seahawks in this one coming off a kind of a last-second, last-minute type loss versus the Chargers. Uh, they had a drive, uh, their last drive stalled w- with uh, Russell Wilson throwing an incomplete pass on fourth down towards the end zone. That was knocked away by a Chargers defender. But yeah, I mean, the Rams definitely got to be the pick here for me. I mean, at home. And then I think they, they're they going to win this one going away, in my opinion. I'm going to go 41-24 in this one, Rams. And they're going to have a big game offensively all around with Cooks, Gurley, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you name it. So, And they're going to go to 9-1, in my opinion. So we'll agree on game number five and... That'll take us to the last game in the week ten window, week ten scorching six. It's a Sunday night game in prime time from Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. NFC East divisional rivalry. Four and four Eagles hosting the dysfunctional Cowboys and giving seven points at home. What do you think? Uh, this game, I have to go with the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are just completely uh, out of sync in this game. Uh, I'm going with the with the Eagles' victory, but I don't think they cover that spread. Seven points, I think it's more like uh, a field goal that they'll win by. I mean, uh, that they'll, uh, they'll win by a field goal. But yeah, I know Dallas is a mess. Uh, if Philadelphia is still trying to find itself, 
but uh, I, we don't see them building, uh, we don't see them winning by more than seven points, so I definitely have to go, in this case, I'm going with Dallas. Okay, yeah, I mean, this is kind of uh, a tough one. I mean, I definitely agree with you that the Eagles are going to win, but you don't know which Dallas team you're going to get here. Are you going to get the motivated Dallas team in a rivalry game, kind of showed up but and lose a close game, or are you going to get the dysfunctional-type Dallas Cowboys team that has just given up on everything and as kind of the players are kind of want Jason Garrett out. He's lost the locker room. Uh I'm going to continue with my theme of this week, the picks I've been making. I've been swallowing a lot of points, so I'm going to continue that here. Swallow the seven with Philadelphia. I, it's a pretty big spread for a divisional rivalry type game, but I'm going to, I'm going to swallow the seven points here. And I think the, the Eagles are going to use this game as kind of a stepping point to repeat as division, champi- division champions and dethrone the current uh, leader of the NFC, NFC East, the Washington Redskins. So I think they're going to score a lot of points in this one. I'm going to go 34-20 in this one, Eagles. And I think they com- comfortably cover that seven-point spread. So with that, that'll wrap up the Week 10 Scorching 6. But before we go uh, for the night, actually, I kind of wanted to discuss some basketball stuff with you uh, in, re- in regards to your beloved Boston Celtics. Uh, little sluggish start. Uh uh, do we see any issues here with the the chemistry, kind of the fit, the ego stuff um, with Terry Rozier? I mean, is anyone going to get dealt at some point due to all kind of the overlapping positional type uh, team that they have? What do you think? I think so, dude. Um, uh, just give an update. Uh, the Celtics are losing by five now in, uh, in Phoenix with uh, 43.1 seconds left. You know what I've seen with the Celtics team is I know there's a lot of players on there. They, I definitely think it's it's something to do with with team chemistry. A lot of players are, are not getting a lot of minutes. They're not getting uh, a good 15 shots per game. They're getting more like uh, five to seven shots. And uh, I don't think I think that's uh, that's definitely two shots per person. You know, I mean, you know, for someone to find their groove each night. Um, you know, besides that, dude, I think something has to change. I mean. Rozier, I don't think uh, Ainge is going to trade him um, until Kyrie signs that extension. Um, because I don't think Ainge wants to take that risk where you give away uh, Irving and then... Um, um, I'm not Irving. You, you'll give away... Uh, Rozier. Uh, what's his name again? Rozier. Rozier, Rozier, my bad. Uh, Scary Terry. Rozier, and, then, uh, and, and Irving uh, has to change a heart next season then you end up losing two of your players. So I think he's going to hold on to Razier, but I definitely see something's happening. Something, some change is going to happen, dude, because if you look at it this way, Celtics this year, coming in the draft, they have potential four first-round draft picks. Four. Okay, they have theirs in their own. They have um, the, um, the sack pick, which can be anywhere. Uh, right now, Sacramento is playing really well. But I, I definitely see them struggling down um, during the season because I think their schedule hasn't been one of the toughest yet. Uh, another thing with the Celtics is they have played the, the toughest schedule in the NBA so far. Uh, whether that's not uh, whether that's having anything to do with their, their playing right now, who knows. 
but I think definitely something has to change. You know, I think Ainge has to make a decision, and because he's definitely not going to draft four draft uh, four players, especially in the uh, in the draft. So I think some things will happen. Some people have to be traded. You know, and I think that uh, I think that um, maybe if he can let go of a couple players like like Jalen Brown or somebody with a pick and get another player, another big, we'll see what happens, dude. But I think changes will come. Okay, and then in regards to kind of another storyline, uh, kind of happened in a recent Celtics game. Uh, I believe they were in Denver Monday night, or and then uh, Jamal Murray scored fifty points, and Kyrie Irving was not very happy with it. So he, I think, he kicked the ball in the stands or something. Uh, fair or foul, but for what Kyrie Irving did by kicking the ball in the stands for. I agree with what Irving did. I mean, I don't agree with him kicking the ball in the stands, but I do agree where he was coming from. Is like when you already have a blowout loss, and then now you're what you're trying to do is you have a blowout loss, and now what you're trying to do is you're uh, you're well, you're trying to get uh, an extra two points or three points, whatever the how many points he had in the last second with uh, what do you call it? with uh, with the game already out of hand. I think that's sort of disrespectful uh, to the other team, but the other end, I do understand where he's coming from, where he, where he wants to get the 50 points. You know, so it can go either way. You know, I, I think it was unfortunate that, that Kyrie made that decision uh, to kick the ball into the stands, which I think that was kind of not the right thing to do at that time. Maybe he could have just simply said to uh, his guy that, hey, you know what, I, I don't think what you did is cool. You know, but not, but not by kicking the ball in the stands is not the best thing to do. You know, I know he got fined $25,000, but in, in, the, in hindsight, that's really nothing to these players. But still, I do agree um, what he did was wrong. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's still early. I think the Celtics will be fine. They'll definitely be one of the top two seeds for sure in the East, and they have a very good chance to go to the finals. And I, they'll definitely figure it out. I still, oh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I do want Ainge to start playing that rookie, bro. Uh, Robert Williams, uh, the 6'10 big out of uh, what is that, Texas A&M with uh, 7.6, 7.6 uh, wingspan. Like the other day against uh, Denver, on the, uh, when he played, he just went up in the air. Uh, Paul Millsap didn't even... You see him go up in the air. He was like sleeping. He picked it up and then slammed it on Paul Fultzman. It just this kid has a lot of potential, and uh, I want to see Ainge start playing him more. I think he can do a lot to help out this team if he plays like a center a good amount of minutes. He can block shots. He can because uh, if I watch the game right now, Horford is not that center that's going to that's not going to um, he's not going to block shots. You know. If a player comes in, I don't think I don't think anybody's afraid to come into the into the paint against the Celtics. Yeah, Horford seems no, like more of a guy that plays lateral defense and defense in kind of a team setting. He's not the type of the guy that seems like athletic and to go after uh, rim protector type guy to go after guards that come in the paint and block their shot. He seems like more of a pick and roll type defender and a team setting type defender. I think that's more what Brad Stevens likes as well. So, that, I mean, that could be the case. You're right, but I, I think that 
uh, uh, they should play Robert Williams a little more often because this guy is a lot of potential, dude. I, I've already set out and uh, I said it in one of our podcasts that uh, I, I truly believe in, in two to three years this guy be this guy potentially be the steal of this draft of last year's draft because he was lottery pick potential, but uh, a lot of people didn't uh, weren't very high on his um, on his work antics and his. Uh, he had a lot of uh, off-field issues, but those sort of things have sort of have sort of uh, died down now. And I, and he's putting a lot of effort with the Celtics to play a lot better. And I, I think Ainge should should somehow find him more minutes. I think maybe you you want to cut out some of these players, but but definitely find him more minutes. You know, a, a potential trade I was looking at. Um, I mean, we'll see what or what Ainge does because there's uh, there's so many different possibilities. Uh, there's a rumor coming out that seven different teams ha- have contacted uh, the Celtics about a, a Razier trade. Age came out today and, and shot that down, but I do truly believe a lot of teams are interested in Rozier. I mean, one team could, uh, could be definitely um, Phoenix, who they're playing right now, and uh, Phoenix needs a true point guard that they can easily send... Uh, a couple of players and uh, the game just went into overtime. By the way, Marcus Smart hit a three. Mm-hmm. I think to end. Oh shit! Because I'm watching on on NBA TV, but mine's uh, mine's a bit slow. Yeah. Not, it, it, Marcus like, Smart uh, hit a three, I believe, and yeah. then the game's in overtime now. So. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for for rooting me for <laughs> rooting it for me, bro. You know, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Let's see what happens here, big guy. Oh, no, it was uh, Marcus Morris, bro. Oh, Marcus Morris. Okay, sorry. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, bro, but uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that um, can change. We'll have to see what happens, you know, with the NBA, the offseason, and uh, not the offseason, but by the trade deadline. we got to see what happens, you know, and uh, I think some things will change. I mean, the, I think the Celtics need to do some roster changes. But one thing uh, I don't like, and uh, I, I've been saying this since the game of the season, they take too many three-pointers. These three-pointers, I mean, I think the one game they took, like, what, 50 three-pointers in a game, but they still made 27 of them, but still, dude, it's like, it's the old thing. You live by the three, you die by the three. You know, I think they have they have too much talent to just... You, just to sit there and take three pointers, I think they need to like sort of mix and match them. You know what I mean? But I yeah. think it means, like you said, dude. I mean, I I totally agree with you. I think they'll they'll figure things out. I think they'll make the Eastern Conference Finals, and uh, I I definitely see them still coming out of the East. Okay, fair enough. We'll see what happens with them. But uh, a lot of teams live by the three nowadays, so we'll see what happens with that. But. That, that'll wrap it up, I guess, for this week's edition of the Scorching Six. Akshay, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, bro. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy all of the Week 10 games, and I'll be back next week for Week 11 Scorching Six.